Welcome to Thrive with Trevor Huffman Podcast. Trevor will be sharing 20 years of his NBA, NCAA, and overseas basketball playing, training, and coaching experience to help basketball athletes, parents, and humans find their athletic edge and thrive. Thrive is a deep dive into the lives, routines, habits, and minds of the world's best mental performance coaches, leadership professors, pro basketball athletes, NBA and WNBA skill trainers, and thought-leading sports psychologists. Let Trevor help you find the edges of your comfort zone so you can thrive. My name is Aaron Miller. I'm 28 years old. I'm a father of one son, Madden Heath, and I'm a husband to my wife, Kelsey. You know, this is my fifth year basketball training. This is my third year training pros. Uh, I have about five or six current NBA guys. I have between 18 and 19 overseas and G League guys. Some of the NBA guys I have are Wesley Awundu from the Orlando Magic, Damian Dotson from the New York Knicks, Josh Gray, who's uh, with the Pelicans. Sheldon Max was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm sure both both of the Harrison twins that played for Kentucky, I have both of those guys. Uh, Rashid Suleiman from Duke, D'Angelo Harrison from St. John's, Teran Petaway, who was second in the Big Ten in scoring behind Are these that. guys all from Houston? I mean... Yeah, they're all from Houston. Wow, because I might yeah. have to just give Houston... I'd like to say I'm born in Flint, but I, I really, I'm, I'm really from like a small town in northern Michigan, but I was born in Flint. But, you know, Flint's got some guys. We got... Kyle Kuzma. You got we got Kuzma, we got Javale McGee, we got Mateen, Cle- yes. you know Charlie Bell. We're a little bit yeah. outdated now. Like Houston seems to have a nice pipeline coming. So, well, you know the thing is, is like every every NBA player in the summer seems feels like they're going to LA and New York. Mm-hmm. So my mindset has been, man, there's so much talent in Houston. They just sort of need a platform where they can, you know, showcase their talent. So this this summer. Last summer was my first summer creating the, the Elite Pro Runs. So not only do I train these guys, but I also have created a Pro, one, pro Run where I've only allowed 15 guys to come in. Mm-hmm. No agents, no coaches, no parents, no girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just playing and I'm, I'm the referee, but I've also given them like sort of sets and stuff to run out of, like NBA sets, pro sets, yeah. so that they can kind of translate what we've been working on to gameplay. Another That's one of the smart. guys I have is uh, Jonathan Simmons, who everyone remembers from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, beast yeah athletic yeah he's 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 a monster he's actually with the santa cruz warriors this year he signed on pretty late but he's one mm-hmm. of he's one of my best players as well mm-hmm. like and, and when you get when you started getting into training nba guys like what was your i mean what was your connection to to them and kind of how did your like what was your passion for training and how did it lead to getting hooked up with these you know some of these top guys Right. So when I started training, I was doing, this sounds terrible, but I was doing kids that didn't care about basketball at all. I was doing, uh, you know, kids that just wanted to get in shape outside, inside, parks, homes, YMCA, sneaking in 24s, anything you think of just to train kids. And then as it evolved over time, I just kind of worked my way up. I started getting some of the, some of the people I played with before in college or you know, I started training those guys. Or if they so were where'd, where'd you hoop in college? Uh, I played at Central Christian in uh, okay. Kansas NAIA school, and I led the conference in scoring. I think with like 21 points a game. Uh, mm-hmm. I was second team all region, first team all conference, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. But when basketball, when I graduated, I was I thought that I was still going to continue to play, and then that harsh reality set in that you know it just some sometimes it just didn't work out. I got a a paraprofessional elementary middle school PE job. That was only being paid like sixteen thousand a year. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, what else can I be doing to 
you know, make some money. So I just started, that was the only thing I knew basketball. I was doing it three times a day. I didn't even go to prom. Like I just basketball yeah. three times a day, like working towards that goal, like to try to, and you know, I just believed in plan A. I just always knew plan A was going to work. I never played, planned for a plan B. So mm-hmm. when I came home, I just tried to figure out something else to do. Anyway, so I was building it up. I, I got high school kids. So it, and I was working for free. A lot of those guys, um, like one of the high school kids that's in the local area, he was a dish MVP two years in a row. I'm good friends with this coach. I tried to get him first. His name was Jerian Spells from Dickinson High School. And mm-hmm. I was working him out for two years straight. And he continued to have a great career. And then he went to college and some of the other guys around. And then one of my AAU teammates, Trey Bennett, mm-hmm. this is how it all started with NBA guys. Trey Bennett, he was, he's, he was currently a pro. I worked him out. And his best friend happened to be Sheldon Mack, who at the time was with the Washington Wizards. Sheldon Mack played for Texas and uh, went, then transferred to Miami and who's with the Washington Wizards. And I had trained Sheldon. This is my third year training Sheldon. Mm-hmm. And now he's with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, but then my, my thinking was, once I get these guys, just to provide value, mm-hmm. right? Because anyone would train these guys, whether it's for free or for $5, they train them just to get their, you know, their start. So my thing was like, what can make me different from the next person? Uh, mm-hmm. so I just, I've studied a lot of game film, studied what kind of situations they're putting it in. I mean, uh, so for a guy like Damian Dotson, right, he catches all his shots from the wing in the corner. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't work on, you know, seven dribble moves at the top of the key like that's Cause that's just not what he would do in the game. So my, mm-hmm. my thinking was to show them that I've studied their game film so much that this is exactly what you're going to do. And this is exactly what you've been doing in the game. And this is how we're going to build on it. So I just think being prepared is what has not only got me those NBA guys, but also putting it on social media. Like you get one of those NBA guys and put it up, people see it and they're like, oh, so he doesn't just work with kids. He works with these guys too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of was a domino effect after that. So it, it enabled me to get word of mouth and then obviously social media too helped me a lot. Yeah, I think it's a big jump too. You know, when I coached overseas this year, going from like kids and adults, you know, even yes. even just recreational adults. We got a, I started a startup called Swish House, which is basically basketball for the for the for the layman you know just anybody that loves hoops comes in right. runs around and i and i was coaching that and i was like you know it's not it's not a pro level but when you go jump up to the pro level you really are now kind of specializing in situ yes. you know you got point guards you got shooting guards these guys are all are used to you know shooting off uh, auto screens or or, or yeah. coming off triple doubles or you know s- you know staggers and pin downs you know point yeah. guards aren't typically coming off that and and, and so you really sound like you studied your, your butt off and really found Absolutely. out how to create value for the players in a micro situation that they're going to see over and over and over in the NBA yes. game. And I think that's tough for, for, you know, I think a lot of kids I coach, I'm just like, Hey, send me your tape. I'll watch you. And I can start to say, well, yeah, you need to start working on this to flesh out your game. You know, right. you're not an NBA player yet. I, I would, you know, I kind of break them into stars. Like you're a two-star player, five-star player would be like a pro. Mm-hmm. What what we got to get you from two star skill to five star skill uh, skill level, you know, and then let's let's start working on that that big block of clay. How did you right. go from that block of clay with kids and and take a high school kid, you you know, like who who has talent? How did you take that kid from where he was when he was younger to you know to to the highest level of skill he could reach? Well, I think kind of just breaking it down because I think you get a lot of kids that, especially this one in particular we're talking about and kids that are on his level that are really talented. They're very athletic and they think just because they go to the gym, they think they're getting a lot done. And I just kind of try to teach him how that, you know, not as 
definitely working hard, but also working smart too. So mm-hmm. I don't think just going to the gym and you're playing five on five pickup. Yes, that's, it's definitely important, but also I think breaking down the micro skills, kind of like what you talked about mm-hmm. as far as like getting him to realize how to create space, getting him to be able to use his, his angles to his advantage, getting him, him to use contact, physical contact to be able to finish and just kind of translating those things and saying certain things that, that stick in his mind. And I just think kind of just building off that, like, Someone that's very talented, I think if you can kind of challenge them, I think they're always up for the challenge. You get a lot of kids, especially at high school level, definitely at the junior high level that, that you talked about, they have a whole lot of potential. Maybe maybe at junior high level, they're a whole lot of potential, huge size 13 shoes, but they mm. you know they can't walk and chew bubble gum yet. They haven't grown into their body. You get kids mm. in high school that can jump out of the gym and put their elbow in the rim, but they can't dribble from point A to point B. So it's just, I think, about breaking down the game, like you said, adding those micro skills and uh, just challenge them and making sure that they're making the most of their time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you challenge, I mean, like your methodology as a trainer with the pros, do you, do you challenge them? I mean, I watched some of your Instagram videos. You, you seem like a pretty laid back guy, laid back coach. I've also seen those trainers out there that are like, you know, pick up the sandbag, run up the hill. Like they're just trying to break, yeah. they're trying to break the, you know, like physically, mentally push these guys past their comfort zone, you know, and, and I'm wondering like, I think there's a good balance there for a trainer. Yes. What's your methodology? I think there's definitely a good balance. I'm definitely not one of those guys. No disrespect to anybody else. I'm just not one of those guys that's like jumping over tables or carrying sandbags. Or mm-hmm. uh, You know, some of the parents do prefer those sorts of things where they kind of want a strength and conditioning coach and a basketball coach. That's not me. That's not my, not my specialization. I'm, I'm solely focused on basketball. But I certainly try to challenge those guys as far as uh, mentally, um, especially the NBA guys, right? So... Damian Dotson, I was with him last week, and one of the things that we talked about is he had to make three in a row from all seven spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he missed five shots total, he had to start over. The first time he shot the ball, he said that he wanted to start on the make, but I was telling him that you can't start on the make because when you come into the game off the bench, they're not going to just gonna let you start on a make. Yeah, right. We all right? want to start on a make. Ready to go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be ready to go as soon as you get in. So that's kind of my... Just so when you start, as soon as you shoot it, we're starting, you know, and, and I just think challenging those guys like that, like you have to be ready for game situations. So you're not, they're not just, and then uh, same thing I do with Jonathan Simmons is at the end of the day, at the end of each uh, drill, we always do 10 free throws in a row. And then we always do um, full court three. So corner, corner, wing, wing, top, top, wing, wing, corner, Mm -hmm. corner. And he has to make eight out of 10 Mm -hmm. and you have to start um, whether you start or make, make, I mean, miss or make the first shot, you, you're starting. Mm-hmm. So it's just being ready. And I just think challenge them mentally that way and putting them in situations where they have to think. Yeah. Um, I think that's where I try to separ- separate myself from other trainers. Just like you kind of said, conceptual situations, the higher up you get, like with the NBA guys, it's just making them think and adding basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. I think with the younger kids, it challenges me. I, I enjoy it just because like, you know, being trying to be versatile and training NBA guy and then going down mm-hmm. and training the younger guys, I think, you have to be really high on communication. You have to really be able to express how you want things done. I'm not just able to say, hey, get your elbow above your eye. You need to explain why you're doing it. You, need to, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I, 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 I welcome the challenge. I enjoy it. Hey, basketball parents, coaches, and athletes. One of my favorite adapted quotes is, we do not rise to the level of our basketball goals, but rather we fall to the level of our basketball training system. Why do I say that? Well, I want to help all your basketball athletes, kids, or players figure out how to chase their basketball dreams in a smart, systematic way. So I'm offering my live online basketball training community today and get a free week of virtual home basketball workouts 
streamed into your garage, your living room, your basement, your driveway, and you get to work out with the pros. All right, we do this every week, and for the first time, your kids will have direct access to me, sports performance trainers, other pro coaches for as little as $25 a month. If you're interested, please visit trevorhuffman.com or text me, quote, Huffman Club with your full name at 810-771-8622. Again, that's 810-771-8622. In terms of business, building a business out of training, I'm sure a lot of people out there are probably like, man, I'd love to train. You know, I hear a lot, I just see a lot of trainers who to me, I'm a basketball player. Like I'm, I'm not a professional, you know, I'm not, I'm not an NBA trainer. I, I don't want to be an NBA trainer. Right. I like, I just like giving people real basketball yeah. tips, drills. Like I want to find the best out there and put that in front of people so that they yes. can get real information. And I feel like a lot of trainers out there that I watch, it's just gimmicks. It's just yeah. a lot of mark, you know, self-marketing, self-promotion. How do you deal with like that part of it? You know, where, you look. You might look around and see a, a Instagram trainer who has two hundred thousand people. How do you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got two hundred thousand people, but really, it's about value. How did? Yes. How, how did you create a business of value other than just saying what you're doing? Like, did you reach out to people? How did you market? You know, how did you start finding right. guys? Uh, tell um, me a little bit about that process. Okay. So, from a business standpoint, if you scroll down uh, on my Instagram, like just from when I first started, man, you will see zero videos. And you will only see me standing next to a player and taking a picture after the workout. Mm-hmm. In my mind, and I gotten so much, my friends and uh, you know family, they were like, man, why aren't you taking videos? Why aren't you doing videos? Why aren't you doing videos? That's how you provide the value. In my mind, I was like, man, I want to get these guys. Because I was thinking, man, if I'm training these guys and I'm holding my phone the whole time, that takes away from what I'm doing and that makes it about me and not them. So I just refused to do that. And I was like, you know what? I'll just get a picture with you after. I, I, want, I do want to show my work. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like this is what it's about. It's about building that relationship and build. So I think as far as from a business standpoint, from trainer to player, it's all about the relationship. If I would just walked in and it was my first time and said, hey, man, look, uh, you're going to do this drill, this drill, and this drill. And I wasn't rebounding, contesting, teaching you. And I was mm-hmm. just holding my phone. It's just I don't think it's professional and I don't think it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of built it that way. As far as like, other trainers, I'm not as, I'm not very good at like <laughs> watching other trainers because I, I, you know, I see some of the guys, they have like 18 cones out there and they're doing 1700 dribbles mm-hmm. into a jump shot. So I'm like, and that's not realistic. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about the upper level guys, like if you can't score between zero to two dribbles, you're not really going to be able to score in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just kind of like what you said, providing value. So whether you're training NBA guys, you're doing kids, you have to provide value. Um, and I think some of the things like you, you might be more talented than me in speaking. I might be more talented than you and showing, maybe showing mm-hmm. like maybe with my body or doing a basketball move. Other guys might be talented as in teaching. Like mm-hmm. I see a thousand trainers that are like, Hey, they have a list and they're like, you need to do jab step. You need to shot fake. You need to do this, but they're not really teaching, mm-hmm. you know? And then you have to find that balance of, you know, making the parent happy and teaching. I, I, I have sometimes when I first started out, I was so worried about teaching, 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 the hour, hour and 15 minutes had gone by and the parents look at me like, well, my kids aren't even sweating. I'm like, yeah, you have to understand this is, this is like a right. classroom. Like I'm not just, I'm not a rebounder. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to teach your kid basketball. So that it's a balance. And, you know, I just think providing value is the need of the, the customer, mm-hmm. you know, but as far as like social media and, and that stuff, like I, I had to, 
I'm at a point now where I've been able to, you know, hire a video guy that works for the Rockets and mm-hmm. he comes to all the runs and he, we kind of work together and highlight specific things. And I did a bad job at first, I think. And, I, and I've gotten better at being honest with myself too, is like, I just want highlights. I just want highlight reel. I want a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then after, as I've progressed, I, I want the whole videotape. So that way I can break down the stuff that I'm doing. Like I've just admitted to you three or four times, like I've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to make mistakes in those workouts so I can learn and get better from those as well. And then as far as like for social media purposes too, just kind of take those snippets and, you know, me teaching that they're real authentic and genuine and, and then maybe broadcast those. But mm-hmm. I just think it's like you said, definitely marketing wise, it's tough. You have to pick and choose. You have to be different. But at the same time, you have to show value. You're not showing value if you have, you know, cone, uh, a million cones and doing things that aren't relatable to the game. But you you also aren't showing value if, you know, you're not posting your stuff like I was. So yeah. I definitely think there's a balance there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? For a kid, let's just say you got the middle school level, the high school level, kind of take me through what, what they could do in their driveway right now. They got, yep. they got no, they're one on oh, they're one on zero. You know, a yes. lot of parents are writing me saying, please send me some drills they can do out in the driveway, get right. them out of the house. And so a lot of, uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is just looking for, looking for trainers, looking for coaches, seeing stuff that I really like and agree with. And get it in front of 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 my you know of, of that level of middle school high school um, you know elementary school middle school high school college you know I, so what what would you say like five things you would focus on that that transfer from from one on o practice to games and you can really say hey this is something I would do no matter what every single day get the habit of doing it and and start transferring your practice to your games. Well, definitely one of the first things just before even the basketball part, like I think big time for kids right now, especially with them being out of school, you know, is just this is a perfect time to establish good routines. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's terrible, but I, I've been training one or two kids throughout the week mm-hmm. now, even at their homes, at, at you know, because parks are closed. So I've been at their home and, you know, I think it provides value that they still have good routine, like waking up early, they're getting a good breakfast, they're going to run, maybe something like that. It, I think it's, it's hurting the kid if they're waking up at noon. You know, and then they're just coming outside to train. I, I yeah. think that I think that's the biggest thing. So I think you know they can still master their morning if they can still get the day off to a good start. But as far as basketball, I think a, a lot of the stuff right now that I've been trying to teach kids, uh, and I've tried to put a few video out videos out as well. Even if they don't have a goal at home, one on zero. I think the, some of the biggest things that I try to focus on for junior high and high school kids is footwork. So. Every time I teach, uh, if you're a right-handed shooter, that your left foot is always your pivot foot. If you're a left-handed shooter, your right foot, nine times out of 10 is going to be your pivot foot. Mm-hmm. And just putting a cone in front of you and using triple threat. And I just think kind of building it and leveling it and putting it on top of each, layering it, I'm sorry, not leveling it, layering it and putting it on top. I just do like a jab step series mm-hmm. where I go, if, if you're a right-handed and your left foot's your pivot foot, just jabbing and coming to bring your right foot to the right and then to the left of the cone and stopping, coming back and doing 10 reps. Mm-hmm. The same thing. Uh, the second set is doing the same jab step. Once your right foot hits the ground, your left the left ball pounds at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is the same jab step and then finishing into your right left without shooting, just right left and getting the ball to your shot pocket. So kind of layering it like that. Mm-hmm. Just getting um, your, your footwork from just getting your footwork. into your shooting. shooting. Yes, if, you, if you, me and my wife, we go to a bunch of high school games and if you could just see how many times people catch the ball in triple threat in a half court situation and travel, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like, so my, the biggest thing for me, especially with that age group is just the footwork. Um, if you're going left, it's right, left. If you're going right, your footwork should be left, right. I see a lot of kids that jump, stop to shoot. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, once you get to the junior high and high school level, you're too old for that. And as I'm well telling as, you, you know, I, I have pros that 
You know, I had pros this year, you know, we're talking about overseas fundamental, you know, we're not talking about the most athletic players. Some of them literally that you, you, you know, they'd have some leverage, they'd be closing out. They would, you know, just rip and go. And then they would go into a jump stop. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Look, but, you know, at 32, it's really hard to, it's hard to make, change those habits. Yeah. <laughs> like these guys are so ingrained, you know. And so for me, it's always about I was a point guard. You know, for, for me, it was like, how can I keep evolving my game? And I look, I look at the guys like Trey Young. I look at, the you know, Steph Curry, obviously, is a special situation just because right. of his efficiency as a shooter. But, you know, like Trey Young is – He's he's just to me he's just fascinating case study, you know he 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 has such good kinetic energy when he shoots, you know yeah. he it's not like you know it's not like he's he, I mean he's strong I'm sure all these guys are strong but you know like there's a lot of kids that they just don't layer up that footwork and then you yeah. know their ability to handle the ball creates space off the dribble you know what like some of the guys that you work with from a point guard scenario like what are they what are they working on that you're just like this is next level. Like they, they keep, yeah. evol- I guess what I'm trying to say is they keep evolving their footwork to different levels that I didn't have. I'd never seen as a player. Yeah. And now I look like a step back was a big deal for me. And now yes. you look and there's just like, man, what are these guys doing? It's amazing. You know, Dirk had the one, the one step, yeah. you know, the one, one legged jumper. And now you got these guys, wrong foot, wrong leg layups, yeah. floaters, you know, all sorts of shots. So how do you, how do you evolve the players into that level of like footwork and, and, and build that up, you know, when you get to that level? Yeah. So one of the things that one of my, he's one of my best friends as well. Josh Gray plays for New Orleans Pelicans. He's on a two way with the Pelicans and the Erie Bayhawks. Uh, he, he played footwork, at Houston? No, he played at LSU. LSU. Okay. Yeah. LSU. And um, this is my fourth year working with Josh and he, so it's just talking about layering, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they do special with their footwork. So if I want to work on footwork, just say if I want to work on finishing, like I might do finishing out of a pick and roll situation, or I might do finishing out of a catch and rip situation, mm-hmm. like just doing different situations, but still focusing on footwork and finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of layering those two. But something that Josh does, like it's, that's on a next level. It's like his, like kind of what you said, this is new next generation stuff, like his mm-hmm. right hand, right leg finish, like same hand, same leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing for him, is just like me and him go over ball placement. So probably tough to picture, but if you mm-hmm. just picture a backboard, and drawing a line straight across like this, um, you just have a level one and level two is what I try to call it. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing, he's just so phenomenal at ball placement. And if you're doing an outside, outside hand, right outside foot, outside hand. So if mm-hmm. you're on the right side and you're shooting off your right foot and you're using your right hand, like I always try to tell him to finish on level two. Mm-hmm. And he's so good. And especially at that level G league and NBA, like where those guys are able to go and contest against the backboard, getting it that high off the glass. Yeah. yeah you got like going, a taco fall coming for it. You know, yes, like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then if, if you're doing with your inside hand, then you need to be as close to level one as possible right over the rim where you're trying to beat a defender. Yeah. Um, so I just yeah. think some of those things, like how they're able to finish, uh, I think, you know, it's just like next level. Like, man, in my mind, sometimes I'm, I sit back and I'm like, how do they how do they do that it's tough like it's way on the top of the backboard and falls in so stuff like that like footwork and touch it's just hard but it's repetition and then I think a lot of it has to do with gameplay and trying in a game and Mm kind of like what me and you talked about like using it so many times during your workout that you're confident enough to use it in a game I see so many times I'll work on a left hand layup with a you know like maybe a junior high or elementary school kid and then they get in the game they still use their right hand yeah you know so because they're just not confident yet and yeah. I think once they, you know, once they continue to work hard and establish that confidence, I think the results will pay off for them. Yeah. Do you do a lot of one-on-one training 
or are you mostly doing one on zero? Like what, when do you start to do mini, mini group, you know, small workout groups where you're going live? Like how right. talk about programming for a sec. I think a lot of parents have questions about programming and I, I'm an advocate for more fundamental work, more training, less AAU. You can play three times, twice a week, three times a week. You don't have to play five on five every day to be elite. And you don't have to, you know, if, if you really study the game and really study how to program your training, like I, I really, I would push you, I would push players more to like a two to one practice to game ratio, you know, two yep. practices for every one game or three to one or four, even more. You know, I think in Europe, we played one game a week. We're, mm-hmm. we're a 10 to one. Europeans are a 10 to one practice to game ratio. And I think wow. that's, that's why you see such a huge gap you know, like the shooters, a lot of them, they're not that athletic. I mean, they, they just read the game so well because, you know, they're, yeah. they're always working on fundamental breakdowns, read and react, you know, spacing on a pick and roll. You know, they, they all know how to read each other so well from that aspect because it's drilled into them. You know, yeah. look at Donachik, you know, he, he can see the floor. Everything's happening. You know, those European guys, they just, they just have a really good feel for reading the game at an early Absolutely. age. Off the charts, absolutely. So, kind of like talk about programming in your, in your in the American you know view. What would you recommend for elementary, middle school, high school, and as you go up? Um, so, as far as whatever city they're in, I think at that age level, they should be trying to be in some sort of group, whether it's four or five, maybe, and then also some individual. So, I think they should mix it up. Mm-hmm. So, I think so. For what I do, I do one group workout on Sundays. I have one on Wednesdays. And then I have individuals throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So some of those same guys that do the group workouts come to individuals, you know, and then some guys, they, they re- maybe on the beginner level prefer individual. Some guys that like to compete prefer the group workout. But all throughout the group workout, I only allow probably between eight kids in there. If it's just myself, if I have another helper, it's maybe 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. But I think the ratio, as far as parents, I think some of the things they need to be looking for is uh, this trainer that you're going to, like how is their, you know, coach to player ratio. If mm-hmm. you have 30 kids in there and one coach, how much of value are they able to provide to your mm-hmm. player? How many times are they able to put their hands on them and really instruct them? I think some of the things that I try to work on with, you know, a small group of kids, six to eight kids with myself and a helper is just, you know, one on O, like you said. And then mm-hmm. at the end, using those one on one, two on two scenarios, not five on five. Every mm-hmm. camp I've ran, I, I've re- hardly ever run five on five just because that's not what I'm about. I'm, I'm yeah. more, I'm, you know, some of the kids maybe get a little bored, but I, I just harp, harp, harp on fundamentals. And then at the end, um, just kind of competing against one-on-one or two-on-two scenarios. With my older guys, pro guys, like we start out with three-on-three before we play five-on-five. I just think it's very important. I just think being able to use one side of the floor, making the proper read, especially with Mm -hmm. how big and long those guys are. I I think that's how you're able to teach the game. I think once you get them five-on-five, you know, especially at a camp or a group workout scenario, I just think that, you know, it just everything you've taught, you can can see it go out the window really quick if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think definitely layering it like that. But as far as AAU, man, I just, I'm not a huge fan at all. I just think here, and, and you know, makes two I, of us. I, have, I, I have kids that, you know, with their high school, they play maybe between 30 and 35 games in the regular season. And then they go in AAU and they play 85 to a hundred games. And I just think it kind of, uh, lessens the importance of winning when you're mm-hmm. playing that games. I and I think, I don't know. I just don't think it's enough skill base. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I think it's just you're you know you're playing five six games a weekend, and then you're you're doing one team practice during the week, but you're not really getting a bunch of individual skills you're able to build on your individual performance. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I definitely think that, unfortunately, for high school players, it's definitely uh, helpful, especially with their recruiting, and especially for 
yeah. playing against better players, but I'm not a huge fan. I wish there was a better format for it for sure. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I won't keep you much longer. I'll just give us your, how do we, how do, how do people find you? Will a, will you send me a video of you working with some kids out, some, some training drills for kids? Cause that's who I usually work with program, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit, some tips from Aaron Miller. Uh, I'm going to call you Aaron Miller, the great. Okay. I appreciate it. You're too, you're a very humble guy, which I always appreciate. I think a lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of parents out there, you know, got to stay humble and got to stay hungry. And I think that's really important. And I think that's why you've, you know, just looking at, at your, your, the way you do things, uh, you know, respect to you, you know, you, you're very humble, hungry, and you built, you built it the right way, which I really appreciate. And just tell us like how they can find you, how they can follow you and keep, just keep learning and keep absorbing all the good, good stuff you're offering. Yep. So, uh, my Instagram is elite b-ball training. My Facebook is Aaron Miller, A-A-R-O-N, and I have my Facebook basketball page, which is uh, Aaron Miller EBT. So I'm on, I'm on my social media, and I'll put a bunch of stuff out this week, but videos, things you can do at home, and I'll definitely send you a video as well that you can yeah. post for your guy. Appreciate thanks it, man. Yeah, really thanks, thanks for putting your kids down and uh, hanging out with us. Oh, no problem at all. And no uh, we'll stay in touch. Take care, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Right.